does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. It's going to happen, folks. Bob Knight is about to come out on the Assembly Hall floor. A historic day here at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my I brought up when I talked to them before the season started about their abilities to go through the season undefeated. And you're just wasting something here that, uh, that you'll remember forever. If you guys want to make history, if you want to be the, one of the greatest teams of all time, you got 20 minutes to prove it. The basket is good, and Indiana is the national champion. Look at here, look at here. Bobby Knight just threw his chair. Clear across the free throw lane. And I think uh, Fred Unbelievable. Jackson. He picked up another tee. You can talk about all the motivational speeches and phrases and devices in the world, but the greatest motivator of all is your ass on the bench. Coach Bob Knight means so much to Indiana basketball. He took a chance on a kid out of Indianapolis. There's nothing that I think more of during my life than having had the opportunity to coach young boys, teach them how to be men, and do it here. And I don't know how Steve feels about it, but it just <laughs> and you don't have to bleep one single word of this. I've always really enjoyed the fans, and, and uh, I, I always will. You know, the, on, on my dying day, I will think about how great the fans at Indiana were. Great stuff there as we continue to memorialize the great Bobby Knight passing away at the age of 83. Uh, and let's jump on right back on to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Hall of Fame coach Roy Williams going to help us continue to remember Bobby Knight here on the fan on this Friday. Coach, a very good morning. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. I hope you guys are. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you carving out a few minutes for us. I guess let's start here. The emotion when you found out a couple days ago Coach Knight uh, had passed away, and then when you think of your relationship with him, what immediately comes to mind? Well, it was a sad moment. There's no question about that. And uh, my relationship with Coach Knight was uh, one of a friend, but it was also he was one of my mentors. There's no question that – Coach Dean Smith was the greatest mentor I had, and my high school coach, Buddy Baldwin, was very involved in that as well. But uh, as a young coach, watching what Indiana did and what Coach Knight did, it was something that I appreciated and something that I admired. And then when I became an assistant at North Carolina, Coach Knight's relationship with Coach Dean Smith was a great one, and uh, 
I learned even more. Uh, and then when I became the head coach at Kansas in uh, 1989, I even called him and uh, asked if I could come up and uh, watch practice. And so I flew up there and spent the afternoon a little while with him and then watched him practice. And then we sat in the locker room, just the two of us, and uh, uh, talked for a few hours. And uh, that really uh, put it at a different level. And uh, during our during our times together, needless to say, I watched his practice, talked basketball with him. I played golf with him. Uh, I watched baseball games. Uh, no, I shouldn't say games, but I'm in Pittsburgh. We're both doing a clinic and uh uh, I'm sitting up in the room and uh, watching a Major League Baseball game. I just ordered room service, and all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. Oh, somebody's going to knock my door down. And I went to the door, and he said, what the heck are you doing, boy? I said, I'm watching a baseball game. Come on in here and sit down. Let's watch this game. And we sat down and watched the baseball game. I called room service and doubled the order so he'd have something to eat, too, and uh we competed uh, quite a bit. When I was at Kansas, we had five or six big-time games against Indiana. And uh, and so uh, then he went to Texas Tech, and we were in the same league. So it was a, a relationship that I admired a great deal. I was just proud of it a great deal. And uh, he treated me like I was one of his own guys. Gosh, to be a caddy in that group of you and Bob Knight on the golf course, I would have paid a lot of money uh, to be that. Coach, thank you for the time this morning. Again, Roy Williams joining us here, the Hall of Famer. Uh, let's go back to you and, and looking at you know, Coach Knight as a mentor. What was it about, whether it was uh, how he you know, ran his program, how he coached his team, that had you from afar v- viewing him in that light? Well, I just loved the way they guarded people, and I loved the way that they – played a, quote, freelance passing game kind of uh, uh, offense. And so I admired that part. And so I started studying it more. And, oh, gosh, I guess in 1979, uh, I guess it was, uh, um, my first year as an assistant coach at, uh, uh, no, no, excuse me, 78, 79, at uh, North Carolina, uh, we decided uh, I made a stupid remark. I told Coach Dean Smith, I said, I think we should have a, organized preseason conditioning program and he did like all great leaders did he said okay you do it (laughs) (laughs) i learned something right there but i i called kentucky and i called indiana and a couple other places and saw what they did and made up our own and and i think i copied more of uh, what indiana's conditioning program was and so then i got involved in it a little bit more and uh, just admired what they did on the court. You know, I mean, uh, uh, just uh, uh, this unselfishness and the movement of the basketball and then how they did guard you and try to take you out of what you were doing. So, But he was so responsive. And uh, even when we competed, and uh, I'll never forget in, uh, uh, gosh, I guess this was the 93 uh, NCAA tournament. Well, First of all, the 91 NCAA tournament, we uh, played in the round of 16. And and, uh, I was coaching at Kansas, as I said, and we got off to a great start. And all of a sudden, the referee stopped the game, and there was a bolt coming out of the floor in the Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, 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 they stopped the game, and uh, uh, John Clockerty was one of the officials that called us out on the court. And... uh, and you could see this big bolt was just sticking up a full inch out of the court. It's just something that jarred it loose. And so they had to get the crew out there to get it put back down and that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, Coach Knight said, 
can we start the blankety blank game over again since you guys screwed this up? And he looked at me and I said, Coach, I'd rather keep it going where it is because we're ahead like 24 to 6. But uh, so people would say, you know, his detractors would say, well, if he – if you beat him, he's not going to like you. Well, we we had a winning record against Coach Knight, and he still treated me like I was one of his. And so that sharing of his knowledge is uh, – John Thompson one time said about Coach Dean Smith that what he did is he gave me his greatest gift. He shared his knowledge. Well, that's what Coach Knight did with me, and uh, even to the extent of some crazy things uh, – he comes to Lawrence when uh, he's his last year at Indiana, and we play. And uh, so the night before, I went over to the hotel and took him some brownies uh, from my wife. And so two or three years later, you know, he's coaching at Texas Tech, and now he's in our league, and he comes in, and they didn't get there till really late. And so uh, uh, the next night, we're getting ready to play a game, and, you know, he came out very late uh, in the pregame, just right before the game started. And so I was down on the end of the court waiting on him. And so we, he said hello and hugged me, and he said, where's Wanda? <laughs> and I said, Coach, she's right down here. She sits on the tent throw up behind our bench. And so he walks down there, and, and this is, you know, guys, this is 15 seconds before the game starts. And press rows right there, the scores table's right there, and he looked up at Wanda and yelled, hey, where's my blankety-blank brownies? <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Everybody just cracked up. So he was – a guy that I enjoyed uh, uh, when he did get in the league, we'd go to the conference meetings and we would, uh, we'd be out playing golf one time at Colorado Springs. And I said, coach, we can play nine more and still get to the meeting when we have to be there. Cause otherwise we're just going to stand around and talk. And he said, let's play nine more. So it was just the two of us. We played nine more holes. And he said, I said, we got plenty of time now. He said, why don't we play nine more and skip the whole blessed thing? <laughs> and, uh, but his sharing of the knowledge is the greatest thing you can do to someone. And he did that, and he knew that I liked uh, baseball, uh, enjoyed playing golf perhaps more than he did. I made him sign a, uh, a big bet that he lost, and I made him sign the, the bill, and he wrote on it the next blankety blank time we're going to play tennis. And uh, So he was just a guy that I really enjoyed and learned a great deal from and was very appreciative of what he did for me. He's Roy Williams. He's sharing plenty of stories, and we're very grateful for his time here on this Friday morning about Bob Knight and and the legendary career and the relationship that he had, uh, certainly on the court and off the court as well with him. Coach, is the story true that at one point you almost joined the Indiana staff with Coach Knight? It's it's really a funny thing, especially to Coach Knight. But, uh, you know, in the early 80s, particularly if any athletic director needed a basketball coach, they talked to either Coach Smith or Coach Knight before they made a decision. And so I'd been as the part-time assistant, which was full-time job, part-time pay is what it was. But, uh, I mean, people don't believe this, but my first year in North Carolina, I made $2,700 for the whole year. So I, was, I sold calendars. I drove copies of TV shows. I mean, I just did everything like that. So the financial part of it wasn't very good, but uh, it's like my third year, I guess it was. And uh, uh, Coach Smith came in and said, I just got off the phone with Bob, and I think, you know, and I might miss the year or something like that, but I think Joe B. Wright was leaving Indiana. 
And uh, so he said, I just got off the phone with Bob and he and I talked because Joe B. Wright's leaving. And, you know, I do have a lot of talk. I talk to a lot of athletic directors by job and Bob does also. If you're worried about the finances and, uh, you know, he would take you as an assistant coach with, with the two of us, you would have a chance, a lot better chance to get a head coaching job. And he says, if you're going to be patient, he said, I want you to stay here, but I know how difficult it is financially. And I said, Coach, I said, I think I'm fine, but uh, let me think about it. I'll go home and talk to Wanda. And so when I came back the next day, I said, Coach, I think I'm going to stay right here because I've helped recruit these players and I'm going to be okay. Whatever I have to do financially, we'll make it. I don't need a lot of money kind of thing. And so then I think that was the year that the book came out, Season on the Brink or something like that. And so Wanda read the thing. She came, I came, she said, boy, I said, I'm really glad we didn't make that move. You know, it, wasn't, it wasn't very flattering about Coach Knight. So several years later, I told him what, what had happened. I told him what Wanda had said. And he said, well, you know, she's a hell of a lot smarter than you are. <laughs> so, but uh, I didn't even mind telling him something like that because I think our friendship was that good. And, uh, and uh, gosh, I guess this was 93. We played in the NCAA tournament, and it was – Probably, you know, the 16 or it could have been the Elite Eight. You know how the NCAA, you know, the tournaments, you, they announced both the uh, teams, introduced both teams, and then they introduced the coaches, and we're supposed to go to the center line right in front of the scores table and shake hands. And so they introduced us, and Coach Knight forgot about it. And so he'd already turned around and was back in his huddle. So I walked all the way down to his bench. I didn't stand at the center line and wait on him or I didn't wave him off or anything. I walked down the bench and I said, big fella, I respect you so much. I don't mind walking down here at your age. And he cursed me a little bit and shook my hand and everybody was laughing, you know. So I turned around and walked back all the way back down to my bench. And I get down there and Joe Holiday said, coach, and he pointed and it was Coach Knight. He said, you little blankety-blank. He said, I respect your blankety-blank enough that I'm going to walk down to your bench, too. And we hugged. And it's a great picture that I have of the, of the two of us at that moment. So he was uh, uh, just incredible. And he, he was so, so loyal to his players and what happened with them. And if it was good or bad, he stuck with so many of them for such a long time. His knowledge of the game and the way he, he helped people. He was uh, he was a fun guy for me to be with. He really was. Roy Williams with us here on the fan. Just great stuff. And and coach, I, I love the blankety blank. When you say that, it makes us smile in here. Thinking of Bobby Knight and the different words, no doubt uh, the colorful colorful uh, words that no doubt he was using basketball wise. Whether it be the way he ran practice, you mentioned the way they guarded, the way his teams passed played as a team. Uh, what did you and other coaches, basketball-wise, get from Bobby Knight? Well, on the offensive end, you know, the the freelance passing game and the motion offense, I forget which one that Coach Knight called it, but he was the first guy to do that, in my opinion, at such a high level. And I enjoyed that. At the end of my career, I was fortunate enough to be a head coach 33 years. We still called – fewer set plays than just about anybody. And it's just because uh, what I learned from Coach Knight and what what Coach Smith put in, because we did a lot of freelance at North Carolina. And uh, uh, Coach Knight's was much more motion. Uh, Coach Smith put in a few more screens. I did a little bit of both. 
but the, the the basis of it was what Coach Knight did there, and and he said so many things to me that really just stuck with me. But one of those things that I liked about uh, what we called our passing game, passing and screening, and it's just the freelance of it is the other team couldn't scout it because I didn't know what we were going to do. So if I didn't know what to do, the other team, sure the Dickens didn't know what they were going to do. So I thought that was beneficial to us. And, and on the defensive end, uh, uh, I really loved an aggressive defense. And Coach uh, Knight's one pass away, hand in the passing lane, one pass away tough is what we called it. He would take people out of their offense. And that was what Coach Smith wanted to do defensively is to take people out of their offense, not allow them to run what they practiced every day. And so for me, that was the foundation of what I did defensively with my teams for 33 years is to try to take them out of their offense and not let them do what they wanted to do. And so for me, uh, that was the absolute foundation of the defense here. Now, I pushed the fast break uh, a little more than Coach Smith did and a lot more than Coach Knight did because I really enjoyed that when I was a player. The only problem was I wasn't very good, but still that's what I enjoyed, and I wanted to play that way. So even that uh, was something that it was extremely important, and I leaned on what I'd heard Coach Knight say, what he and I had talked about. it, And he told me one time, he, he made one statement, he said, we don't full court press because I think it's it's easier to defend half the basketball floor than it is the whole basketball floor. Hmm. If you pick up full court and full court press, you open up so many things by getting down to the against this defense that's not set. And so that was that was for me. I mean, we probably full court pressed less than any team in the country in my 33 years. Uh, that was a successful team. Now we, we, you know, sometimes we got beat because we didn't do it as well as we needed to. But I truly believe trying to defend the half court as opposed to the full court, and that came directly from Coach Knight. And uh, it was uh, uh, something that uh, I called him, and we'd talk about it. And uh, we'd be together on the road or in a conference meetings or something or meet in Indiana. One time, uh, Coach Smith and I set up a golf match with uh, Coach Knight and Ted Bishop at the, uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the name of the golf course. That they Legends? Legends, yeah. Uh, right south of Indianapolis. And uh, it's one of the few times that Coach Smith really got mad at me <laughs> it, uh, because we were going to be, uh, the game started at 2 o'clock. And uh, he said, I'll pick you up. We want to play at about 9 o'clock or something like that, and, or 8 o'clock. And I said, no, I'll drive over, Coach. And he said, no, there's no need doing that because we were staying at the same hotel. And I said, no, I'll drive her up. I said, you and Coach Knight will decide to play nine more holes. <laughs> I cannot miss the games. I said, I'm not quite worried. You guys are, to say the least. And this is fairly late. I mean, we'd we'd been pretty successful, too. But uh, I just said, no, you guys. He said, no, we won't do it. And I said, Coach, yes, you will. I said, I'll just meet you over there. And so, sure enough, Coach Smith pulled in, and I pulled in right beside of him. And uh, we get out of the car, and Coach Smith got his clubs, and we started walking. He said, where's your clubs? And I said, uh, Coach, I'm just going to rent a set of clubs. And Coach Smith didn't like my answer. Okay. And he said, where are your shoes? And I said, I'm just going to play in these, these my running shoes. 
And Coach Dean Smith jumped at me and said, this is serious, <laughs> just like that. And uh, so we go out and we play. We play 18, and I played maybe as good a golf round as I played. It, you know, at one time I thought I could really play, but I played really well this day. And so sure enough, I leave and drive back because those two rascals, they decided to play nine more holes. <laughs> sure, like and so I get, I'm sitting at the game and Coach Smith came in and sat down beside me. And all of a sudden this big rascal gets in behind me and sort of knees me in the back, sort of pushes me out of the way and leans over and starts calling me every name in the book. And uh, uh, I said, Coach Knight, it's good to see you again, too. You know, this kind of thing. But uh, just the, the way that they their, their relationship was something that I admired, uh, but also that how competitive it was just for us on the golf course. <laughs> so for me, it was two-sided. I never had anything with Coach Knight that I didn't, if it was anything negative, I'd call him about it and then and, and we'd talk about it. But majority of the time, 99% of the time, it was just him uh, trying to take care of his team, but also caring and taking care of Roy Williams. And when Coach Smith passed away, uh, I called Coach Knight myself. I called three or four people and Coach Knight was one of them. And I'm mad at myself because this summer I didn't call him. Last summer, I did call him, and we had a chance to visit. And, you know, I knew things weren't going as well, but uh, he was uh, uh, he would be in and out about what we were talking about. But it was uh, it was good, and I'm just mad at myself that I didn't call him back this summer. But I have Sean May played for us, and Sean was on my staff. And then when I retired, and Sean is still there. And Sean and his dad would talk almost every night. And uh, so I would know a little bit more about how Coach Knight was doing than a lot of other people. One of the greatest coaches in college basketball history is Roy Williams talking about another one of the greatest college coaches uh, ever in Bob Knight. And Roy, very gracious with his time here on this Friday morning. Last one for me, Coach. Um, obviously some epic matchups, maybe some matchups Indiana fans would like to forget in the 90s between you guys and Indiana, some tournament games, but also you guys started a four-game series, right, with IU there mm -hmm. in the 90s. I, I don't know, maybe the IU-Kentucky drama right now of like, when are they going to play each other? Where are they going to play it? Maybe that kind of brings this more into light, but I'm curious how that started between you guys and Indiana. It was really easy. He called me and said, what do you think? <laughs> I said, okay. And so we had one game in Kansas City, one game in Indianapolis, one game in Bloomington, and one game in Lawrence. And uh, uh, we were fair fortunate. We won three of those four games. And that's what I started to say. I mean, our, we did okay, uh, my teams against Coach Knight's teams. And, you know, his detractors would always have some negative things to say. But even when – I'll give you one of the funniest one, and I'll shut up and let you guys go on to somebody that's a heck of a lot better than me. So no, no, we you keep going. We win the game in Lawrence on the last second shot, and Coach Knight and I had talked, and he was thinking about uh, changing shoes because he didn't like either the shoes or the relationship or something. I have it's I can't remember if he even told me it wasn't my business, but he said, "What do you think about what you have?" And so. Uh, I said, yeah, Coach, I really like these. And I can't even remember what it was at that time, whether I was still with Converse or I'd just gone with Nike. And I said, why don't I get you a pair and let you look at them? I said, I'll send them down to your locker room. He said, well, send them size 14, I think, because that was Pat's size. 
And I said, okay. So after the game, and I mean, we win the game on the last second shot. My son is like uh, 13, 14 years old. And so he's standing back in the locker room, and I yelled at him to come down there. And I said, take these down and stand outside the locker room and give these to Coach Knight. And he said, give these to Coach Knight? (laughs) And I said, yeah, just tell him who you are. He said, Dad, you you Dad, you think he's he, – I said, son, he'll be all right with you. I mean, he's mad just like I'd be mad after a game, but just go down there. And so Scott uh, – and it was Scott and I laugh about this to this day because he said he's walking down. He says, why does my daddy want me to go down there and get killed? It's <laughs> a great story. He goes down there and he's standing outside the locker room. He's got this box of shoes. And uh, so Coach Knight comes out and – Scott stepped in and said, I'm sorry, we visited my dad's real coach role. He told me to bring you these shoes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Coach Knight told me, he said he'd never heard a young kid talk so fast and try to shove the shoes in his hand and get out of there. <laughs> and so Coach Knight put his arm around and said, son, thank you. He's all right. He said, you tell your dad I'll talk to him later, but thank you. And he said, I'm not going to bite your head off. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Scott came running back up there, and I said, how'd it go? He said, Dad, I was scared to death. I said, what was he? he said, that's Bobby Knight. <laughs> Bobby Knight after a loss, uh, after after a close loss, not just Bobby yeah, Knight. That's uh, a loss, a last second shot. So, oh. <clears throat> But no, nothing but great memories. And even when he would do things that uh, later on, he might even not think he had done the right thing himself. As far as I was concerned, Bob Knight uh, was one of our greats. Uh, Dean Smith was my mentor, but if I, I was going to pick a second one that I copied things from, I'm not intelligent enough to be an innovator. Coach Smith was very innovative. Coach Knight was innovative, and Roy Williams was a copier. But those are the two guys that I copied more than all the rest of the people put together. And like I say, guys, I, I'll miss him, but I'll think great thoughts about the fun times we've had together. And even when he's sitting behind me with his knees in my back cussing me, <laughs> even when he's banging on my door trying to break the door down and everything else, and even when he's yelling at my wife, where are my effing brownies? I'm, still gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna remember great things about him and be um, admire very much what he did. So I appreciate you uh, allowing me to visit with him about a second. Coach, we appreciate the time this morning. Uh, thank you so much, uh, great stories. Uh, I hope your health is well. Hope to see you at a bunch of North Carolina games this year. Thank you and take care. Thanks, Appreciate Coach. It. You guys have a great day. Thank you very much. That is the great, legendary Roy Williams. Uh, Andy, I don't know <laughs> if we have ever had, or I yeah, I don't want to speak for yourself, we've ever had, um, I guess, just tell stories and tell stories and tell stories and i wanted that to go till 10 yeah honestly I, I, yeah if to we hell could. with the colts and panthers I sorry know. colts yeah sorry. sorry bryce young and frank Reich. sorry greg greg rakestraw <laughs> coming up next Get rakestraw yeah. out of here. how's rakestraw gonna talk about the 6a sectional after this yeah i don't know if cathedral ln <laughs> rake on the call of that has the same story oh that was fantastic That's good right, job dude. mark uh, Ma- mark tell the story about you texting him and him calling you back while you're holding your daughter yesterday so this was back when i worked uh when it was the jeff and big joe show and i was doing post show stuff and all of a sudden the fo- the guest line rang one time and I was like hello and he's like hi this is uh coach Roy Williams I'm calling for Dan Dockage and I was like oh so I, I ran to Dan I was like hey uh Roy Williams on the phone he's like oh crap we're doing a pre-tape I forgot so I had the nu- the number was on the screen I'm like this is probably like a North Carolina you know like office number yeah, sure. I'm I'm writing, I'll write it down yeah. anyway yeah. so I was going through just contacts yesterday and I was like you know what the hell with it I'm just gonna shoot a text 
said, hey, coach, no, don't know if you have any time. If you'd like to talk about Coach Knight, I don't even know if this is your number. Let me know. So I'm picking up my oldest, Addison, at uh, at school, putting her on my shoulders. My phone rings. I look down. It says, Roy Williams, North Carolina. I was like, holy crap, do I answer this? And I answer. He's like, hello, this is uh, Coach Roy Williams. And he told me a whole story about it. He's like, yes, it'd be an honor to come on and talk, to you, talk, some, to, uh, talk some mall and about Bob Knight with you guys and, and this and that and stuff. So he was even apologizing. Sorry if I went long with you guys. Like That was phenomenal no, radio. No, you don't have to no. apologize for anything. Absolutely incredible.